Oh, me. I begin. That's right. JQ starts. JQ's feeling a little ill today. So, you know, we're gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna try to keep the laughs coming, you know. Also, you know, that's editing for me because you're gonna use the less yeah. off-color jokes. You listen to one of our episodes, and I was like, I can't wait till we get to this section, and then it was gone. Uh so <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, like right now I'm pretty angry at Ruben, but I'm sure future me will be very, very appreciative that I don't have to explain away why I uh, compared uh, Kim Jong-un to... Uh, no! Okay, we'll stop there. Uh, but before we continue, I'd like to give a shout out to our six listeners. We have their names right here. Um, oh my God, Jonathan, stop it. Christina from Portland. We got Christina from Portland. Hugh Janis from Portland. We got uh, Bobby from Portland. We got Eduardo. We got Ben from Portland. But the one in Maine. It's the one in Maine. Portland, Maine. Cue the music. (laughs) We have... Hello and welcome to Pop Cultural Crit Essentials with Cubed. I am Ruben Kiros. I am one third of Cube, and I couldn't take that list anymore, even though there were only three names left. Uh, Jonathan doxing our uh, fictional viewers. Enrique, uh, fictional Maradona. Hey, Enrique. Quinging, driving, driving from Berlin. <laughs> I am Ruben Kiros. That's gonna get me canceled. I am Ruben Kiros. I am one third of Cube. I don't know if I said that already, you but did. if I did, I did. Yes. Oh, whatever. It's okay. All right, and I'm being joined by... Cry about it. Okay, hi, cry about it. Jacob, another (laughs) third of Cube. And JQ, the last third of this mess of an intro. (laughs) We'll do it one more time. We'll do it one more time. Let's go. go. No, we're We're not. not No, we're doing it again. We do this this live. This is the real us. This is who we are. Uncut. Like a... No, okay. No, and probably it'd be worse if we re-recorded anyway. You think so? <laughs> the intro, 100%. I don't think so. I 100% think you so. You gotta trust us. You know what? You know what? Right now, right now, let's let's do a live comparison. We'll keep the first intro, but we're doing no, it. No! Cue the music again! Cue the music again! to make a new theme, but you never did, by the way, you little dick. Hello, this is Pop Cultural Quintessentials with Cube. My name is Ruben Kiros. I have one third of Cube that I'm being joined by. Jonathan Kiros, another third of Cube. And Jacob, the last third of Cube. Look at me. I am so adorable. Look at me. Dude, this is audio. (laughs) Also adorable. Jacob looks like a used Capri Sun pouch. (laughs) Nobody respected him. Nobody respected that pouch. That's not a compliment. This is our most chaotic episode. I feel like this is only going to get worse. I feel like you're, if you're having a fever, I feel like that's actually going to make things worse now that I think about it. You know what? It might, it might actually, that might explain the, it might explain the demon in the corner of the room that's pointing at me ominously. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm hyped off of amphetamines right now. Like really just, just hard stuff. Are you are you being serious? He's on day yeah, you I'm a, idiot. I'm on 25. <laughs> I took 25 Benadryl this morning and the hat man's been following me all day long. Jesus. 
Anyway, we, what, what do we do here? Movies, entertainment? Come on. We do news, we do movies, All right. we do So, we do first off, we I do bar mitzvahs, we do bat mitzvahs. Okay, no more. Stop, parties. I am cutting you off. <laughs> okay, so first off, uh, it is day 50 of the writer's strike that is still going on, just as an update. Um, another thing, Deadpool 3, which is filming pretty soon, got moved up six months. Let's go. Let's in the sign. midst of a writer's strike, which they're I am geniuses. Not... They're geniuses. That's a good sign. I personally think it'll be a miracle if Deadpool 3 is good, which is a real Excuse shame. Excuse me? Yeah. Loki is going to be in this movie? Wait, what? Uh, the rumor is the TVA is in it. I don't think Loki's in it, though. Why is he... Ca- well, he's written. He's, he's written. If you look it up on Google... Jacob, Google is inaccurate. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Jacob, that reminds me of this one time that this dude walked up to me and my friend Aaron at uh, at the... Um, okay. What was it? Was at, it was at the West Roads Mall. And he was like, dude, did you see the new trailer for Suicide Squad? DJ Khaled's going to be in it. And I was oh like... Oh, my God. Like, the second... Like, you were saying there's a second one coming out. I was like... I, I, I didn't have the heart to tell the dude that he got pranked by some stupid YouTube ad in a purple Lamborghini. <laughs> God. Wait, 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 wait. No, no, no. Are no, you no, making the story up? Because I, no, no, I never is, know with you. This is, no, this is dead ass. That is a real story. Yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, guys, we'd like to apologize for, uh, you know, the, the disorder of it. As I mentioned a couple of episodes away uh, ago, Jaime, our Ratatouille comedy writing rat, is uh, on strike. Still, is still on strike. He refuses to come out of the closet. I gave him a cookie and he Don't didn't worry. even ask for milk. Don't Can you worry, believe audience. it? That's how that's how out of character he is. Audience, don't worry. We'll get him right back on the wheel. We'll get that show rolling again. We'll get him right back on the what? On the wheel. The wheel in your head. Oh, yeah. <laughs> get that rolling again, God. <laughs> All right, Jonathan, what do you think about Deadpool 3 moving up uh, six months to come out next May now instead of next November? I don't know. I think that the, the podcast format is just, uh, you know, it's just maybe an antiquated form. Uh, maybe we should. <laughs> uh, no, you know, I think that is uh, stupid. I think it is absolutely stupid. And I do not want to qualify that statement any further. I don't feel like I have to. It's dumb. Uh, everyone involved in this is an idiot uh, and money hungry. I feel and, bad for the filmmakers because I feel like this is a decision above them, probably. It's by Bob Iger coming down and being like, hey, we guys, need a hit. We need a hit. In the Can second you, quarter. We need a hit in the second quarter. <laughs> when the second quarter is failing, we need a hit. It's second like, quarter next year, we have nothing. So we're going to move you up. <laughs> it's like, Ryan, what if we got someone else on stage to improvise for you and then not a writer? So you <laughs> and we can dub you over. And then we can dub you over at the end. But it, it's like <laughs> Yeah, so Ryan Reynolds apparently can't improv on set because he's one of the writers. I feel like we said that on the previous episode. Yeah, we did. Sense, so why okay. The movie's a mess. I I, I yeah. Jacob, any Ruben, thoughts you M- want to add to this? The MCU yeah. is a mess. The DCEU slash CU is a mess. Uh, the Transformers Cinematic Universe is apparently a mess. You know, I have nothing left except Spider-Man. I got nothing left except Spider-Man. <laughs> so that cool movie, getting moved up is a mistake. But you already said this. 
So I mean, I, I was asking if you had anything to add, though. Yeah, that's that's a. <laughs> what what else you want, bro? Jacob, I, can I ask you to add something real quick? I can't wait. Three plus three. Let's see Hugh Jackman with a cowl, full cowling. Let's go, baby. That one's for our my hero fans out there. You. I sick, hopefully there's none of them are listening you to sick, this podcast. Sick bastards. Very sick. <laughs> thanks for very ruining. Sick. Thanks for go, ruining go, that. Visit for a therapist. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> And then yeah. go to jail. And then go to jail. I think Deadpool 3, you know, if, if the strike ends before the end of production, maybe they can salvage it. Maybe they can somehow, like, you know, tie up Blue West. Loose ends. Oh, my goodness. You said blue ends? <laughs> I don't know idea what I said. No, but some idiots online are just saying, oh, Ryan Reynolds wears a mask. Just have him improv the entire movie in ADR. And I'm like, you know you need reaction shots and, like, reaction lines to some of the shit, right? <laughs> <laughs> it's not gonna work. End up with Dougal. End up with Dougal. Perfect transition. Listen. Perfect what transition. If they, what if they? What if they deep fake everybody's face? This is after. Jacob, why would you bring that horrifying thought to mind? And on that note, Jonathan, why do you want to mention Dougal so bad? Because Ruben, before prior to us filming this podcast, he sent us this Twitter video of the greatest scenes from the movie Dougal, 2006. All right. The Weinstein Company, which is known for no controversies, released this way back when. You see, so Harvey, he was like, oh, this movie about the dog, it's hilarious. I would like to buy it. With the money in my <laughs> fat folds. That's a callback. Uh, <laughs> Beautiful. So Continue. He did. So he did. Uh-huh. And instead of just following the script, he uh, contacted our our good friend, Butch Week equals critique Hartman. <laughs> <laughs> to rewrite it. And if you have ever uh, watched any Butch Hartman contact prior. Uh, no, I'm sorry. After the year of our Lord, 2008, you will know why that was an issue. The man is an idiot. The man is not funny. (laughs) So essentially what happened is that they rewrote, they wrote a new script, just put a hell of a lot of pop cultural references in it, and then had celebrities dub over it. All right. Uh, And they didn't even try to lip sync. One of the characters didn't even talk in the original movie. Uh, it was a moose played by none other than our good friend, Kevin Smith. <laughs> and yeah, you see, so I think if Deadpool 3 uses that approach, we should get another piece of shit that deserves to be like lost to the annals of history. Or should I say the, or should I say the annals of history? Because it's ass. <laughs> All right. I will provide I will provide a link to that Google video Jonathan <laughs> reference down below. Because I can't just play the audio clips because it's gonna make no goddamn sense for two minutes. Awesome. All right. They make references to great movies like Lord of the Rings, Monty Python, Monty Python again, Harry Lord Potter of the Rings again, Harry Potter, yep. the Nutcracker. <laughs> Uh, the Academy of Motion Pictures award show. Uh, <laughs> oh, the little cool. engine that could. I could keep going, but really, Pirates I'm starting to feel. 
Yeah, I'm starting to feel a little faint, and the hat man is kind of starting to creep away from the corner of the room, so I think we should continue this podcast before I take it. All right, and the last news story we're going to cover before we get into our two movie reviews today. Uh, This week, uh, the most anticipated movie of the fall dropped its first trailer. Craven the Hunter, baby, played by Aaron Taylor Johnson, dropped its first trailer. Let's all give a round of applause and some cheers. And uh, emphasis on dropped that first trailer, because goddamn. <laughs> <laughs> dropped the ball, dropped the trailer, dropped the probably the third quarter projections, probably just dropped significantly after that. <laughs> so uh this movie looks like Morbius again. I, I don't get why the hell they're still letting Avi Arad make these it's things. It's the same movie. I'm not even I'm not even gonna lie to you. It is the same movie. We have a, a, an anti-hero who crawls on the walls and like yeah. runs on all fours, biting into people, killing people, and you know he's like, Oh my god, you're killing people. Does that make you a bad guy? No, I killed the people who are bad so that makes me edgy (laughs) and cool you know it's the same movie that we've seen we saw this movie in 2018 when it was called venom we saw it in 2021 when it was called morbius and now we're gonna see it again (laughs) when it's called craven the hunter (laughs) (laughs) all right some some other tidbits uh it's an r rating they did do that differently but the effects for the blood look like such ass i i don't even get it for the blood dude the action looks awful they can't cover it with special effects so like (laughs) it's not it's not gonna be any it's gonna be funnier than morbius like i know i doubt unless i think i think russell crowe's gonna go full ham so i think yeah it might be funnier than unless russell crowe has a matt smith have sex dance scene this movie is going <laughs> to flat out not even come close. My favorite line in the trailer is, so he's going hunting with his two boys. Um, his One of his sons, Craven, gets mauled by this lion left for dead. And his line is, he's weak like her. Leave him. <laughs> like, like weak like his uh, his wife. Weak. Is. You're weak like your mother was. You're weak like mother was. That's what you are, Craven. And then Craven responds with, well... I think that's a little bit harsh, and, and I, that is not that is not just me being funny. That is how he speaks <laughs> compared to Russell Crowe. He has Crow an American has, accent. Russell Crowe has this very thick whatever accent. Russian, it's, like, it's Russian. Is I mean. it Russian? Is I think it it's Russian? supposed to be Russian. Yeah, it sounds like the exact same voice he did for Zeus. So I think, like, bro, <laughs> if that man enters the Balkans, he's dead. You cannot be confusing. <laughs> Can't be confused in those countries. I'm telling you right now. But yeah, he's talking like big bear, kill with bear hands, craven, uh, skin bear, quick. Uh, he responds, "All right, Dad. Goddamn, jeez, Willikers. I'll go. Oh my god." <laughs> and Ruben, I do disagree with you. I think my favorite line in that entire, in that entire um, trailer, uh, yeah, was when. Um, when Russell Crowe turns to young Aaron Taylor. Yeah, 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 yeah. And he, no, no, and he says, and he, <laughs> go, go ahead. No, and he says, are you, uh, is like, are you excited for the hunt? And he replies, I'm craving. Oh my God. 
<laughs> and he says, I'm craving it, and the crowd goes wild, and everyone starts clapping. Oh, what are you talking about, bro? Jacob, what were you, which line were you thinking of? Because I, I don't know. Jacob, <laughs> how about the powers? What do you think about how Craven gets his powers in this universe? Does he even have powers in the comics? I, I have, thought he was just I don't a think really he does. good hunter. They just made Morbius again. They made them infused <laughs> with the blood of an animal. With the blood of a lion, no less. Are these left over from like the when these were supposed to be the Amazing Spider-Man universe and they were oh, trying to connect that? Oh my god, Ruben. I get it now. Dude, it all makes sense. Remember that remember that Idris Elba movie that came out about the about, about the lion? That's yeah. the lion in this movie, Ruben. That Idris Elba movie? What was the name of that movie? What's was the like, one with uh, the lion? Beasts. Beasts. Beast. Yes, that was a prequel to this. Those were the genetically altered lions that Craven and his people killed. And yeah, now he has superpowers. Now he has the beast powers. Idris Elba. Idris Elba's going to be in beast this. Mode. Beast He's going to be in this movie. If I'm I don't, right now. If I don't hear Craven say, I'm going beast mode. <laughs> I hunt. It's what I do. Throw the entire movie away. <laughs> exactly. Throw the entire yeah. thing. Scrap the entire yeah. thing. Let's scrap the movie. He has yeah, a brother yeah. in this too, doesn't he? What was the Yeah, bro- I don't know. Did and then die? the rhinos, the rhinos in it as well. And then yeah. I, I I mean they filmed so many of these. I mean, well, they haven't filmed. They filmed Madame Web already. That's supposed to come out. They're making Venom 3 currently. That one's going to film during the writer's strike as well, but like I had no hope for that one in the first place, so who Bro. the hell cares? <laughs> I'm just waiting. I'm just waiting for uh, whatever they... Because I, I, I don't know what, what they're going to do with this universe at the end. We'll, we'll get to it a lot. We'll, we'll, this will make more sense when we talk about Across the Spider-Verse later. But uh, what's going to happen is that Craven's going to have a change of heart and then Spider-Man 2099 is going to show up and be like, that, that, I'm sorry, you can't do that. That's This is a canon uh, event. Oh, my God. <laughs> this is a canon event. No, burden. Don't drop it. Drop it. You're going to spoil the movie. I'm not spoiling the movie. That is literally one of the biggest memes going around right but now. But still, don't explain it too much. Jacob, what were you going to say? Oh, I was about to say, like, two of the funniest scenes in that trailer. I don't know why. Maybe I'm sadistic for laughing at this. But, like, when Russell Crowe turns to his kids, he's like, boys. Your mother is dead. And then it <laughs> and then goes to the cemetery and it's just like a quick flash. You know what I mean? I don't know what that, was, that trailer might be one of the worst trailers I've ever seen. <laughs> that trailer was bad. No, 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 no. But then after that, he's like, he's like, uh, there's a later on, I remember um, he's like, there's six guys here. He's like, there's like, well, there's like two less of them. Or like there's two less. No, he's like, no, what is it? It's ones. It was like there's six, now there's of, six of them, now six like, of us, and one of you. And he's like, six of you now, six yeah. of you now. And it's like, oh, oh. oh. Yo, instead of threatening the guy uh, by being there's six of us and one of you, just shoot him, just shoot him. <laughs> but he has lion powers, Ruben. Lion, Ruben, how did that lion get killed in the A beginning? Gun. Exactly. <laughs> Guys, I figured out Craven's weakness. Bullets. <laughs> That's beautiful. Are, are, are you excited for Ozzy Arad Sinister Six, JQ? They're building it up. Why do you think of Aaron Taylor Johnson as the character? No, don't all speak at once. This feels like a high school play. You know? 
It yeah. feels like they got the rights to the name Craven the Hunter, but nothing else about the character. So they yeah. just kind of had to make it up as they went along. Um, and you know what? I'm going to tell you right now, there's going to be a big hit to Aaron's career because as soon as this comes out alongside Spider-Man 2 on the PS5, done. <laughs> That's it. Isn't he getting Bond, possibly? I don't know. Some people no, think he might. He's going to lose Bond because of this, the same way that Harry Styles lost that acting gig because of Don't Worry, Darling. Damn. What movie was he going to be? Was it a Greta Gerwig movie or something? He was going to be in some big director's movie, and then that movie came out, and then uh, Don't Worry, Darling came out, and they're like, so Harry, uh, we've decided to move in a different direction. <laughs> oh. A better direction. Yeah. So, oh. I can't believe you've done this to me. Jacob, what do you think of uh, Aaron Taylor Johnson? Yeah, in the trailer. Like Jonathan said, he doesn't fit the, the, the role at all. I don't think so. I don't see Craven at all. I do in the silhouette in the poster, oh, though. Right, right. Oh, the poster, he looks so bro, cool. Anybody can look a certain way, bro, but if they can't... I know, like... that's just cosplay. Yeah, exactly. exactly. Yeah. <laughs> it's like yeah. he's going to Comic-Con. Like, seriously. He's you know, it's like how... Craven. It's kind of like how... Hashtag Tyrese Gibson would be a great oh Miles God, Morales, but he can't act. You know what I mean? Hashtag Tyrese for Miles 2024. No, no. Yeah, come on. No, who, would you, who would you prefer? Ludacris? No, let's just get Shamik Moore again. I don't, okay. Yeah, let Shamik play live action Miles. What about Shaq? We should, we, no, look, <laughs> we go, bro, Chad, bro, bro, we gave him a chance to. We gave him a chance with Steel, all right? He deserves another oh crack at the superhero God. genre. I personally think so. You don't think so? He made an overpriced game recently. Remember, not recently. Not even that recently. It was like, like five, five years, years ago. ago. Jacob, you're just salty because you bought it. $20, then it came out of iOS for free. <laughs> like that, that was a punch to the face, bro. Like two months dude, later after I bought it. Dude, you know you know who Shaq should play superhero-wise? Should have a Kick the V digs out of the rumors. I want him as our thing. I want oh, Shaquille O'Neal as thing. Yes. Ben. No, my Ben Grimm. Whole cast. Shaquille O'Neal is oh, Ben. He's not even gonna Grimm. be in the shots. <laughs> he's gonna be hovering over like the, the the camera, the lens. You're just gonna see his chest down. That's it. <laughs> I mean, like, maybe that part of that, that part of the charm. The thing can be anyone. So you oh, imagine your face up there. Oh my god. Maybe if you, they remake the Iron Giant, you can wear the rocks. <laughs> All right, and that's our uh that's a uh semi-good transition to our next topic. Well, Spider-Man. Really, oh, I was just gonna say we really just did not care about that trailer, you know? No, I mean, yeah, clearly. I mean wait, crap, wait, wait, before we move on to Spider-Man. Oh god, oh god. We have to talk about the rhino. I mean, what about the rhino? You see, every man has an animal in him. Don't you want to know which one you are, Ruben? That is going to go. That's going to go on a poster of the greatest cinematic lives. And now (laughs) we're going to talk about a couple movies we saw recently. Uh, First off, uh, Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse came out. And uh, we're going to wax poetic about this movie for probably the next 20 minutes. Uh, but real quick, without any spoilers, uh, I will say probably some of the most jaw-dropping animation I've ever seen in a Western film. Uh, 
great pacing, great voice cast. Uh, I am saying generic shit. Uh, Jonathan, you go ahead. And I'll, easiest, I'll you. easiest 10 out of 10 I, I have ever given for a movie. One of the easiest ones, anyway. Um, I think the only reason I would not put this above the first Spider-Verse yet is because I need to see where like the story concludes in the next movie. But I feel like like just from an artistic point of view, like everything that you've seen in the first Spider-Verse is just knocked up to 10. You have different animation styles. You have um, like like at least like a hundred or so recognizable characters on screen during the entirety of the movie. The music is phenomenal. I feel like we need to give props to the to the composer of these. I can never remember what his name is, which is a, a, a tragedy. Let me look this up real quick. But like the soundtrack for this movie is jaw-dropping. And I watched this in Dolby. And let me tell you, that made all of the difference because <laughs> you're just immersed in sound. Daniel Pemberton, Daniel yep. Pemberton. Phenomenal, mm. phenomenal musician. Seriously, great music all around. Also, kind of give props to, to my boy Metro Boomin. My boy Metro Boomin. Because, I mean, he was also a part of that. Yeah, Metro. That was my favorite part of the movie, how every once in a while you would just hear Metro. <laughs> no chance. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I mean, like, like the characters are just so well written. It's, it's, it's such a good balance uh, between storylines. Like, I'm also trying to keep it generic as possible. Um, but, you know, very good movie. And I'm going to pass it over to my boy, Jaime the Ratatouille. No, Jacob, go ahead. Jaime. Okay. That was Jaime speaking. Jaime speaking, bro. I let him speak for a second. <laughs> okay, cool. <laughs> What did you think of the movie? All right, okay. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. No, you're good. It was uh, it was good. <laughs> okay, let, let, me, let me bring it back. Let me bring it. No, I actually, I, I really enjoyed it. Um, uh, I just think like they did a great job, obviously, with the animation. Uh, every world has a different like animation style, and I just love how they, you know, combined and like were as creative as possible in each of those animation like styles. You know, with like Gwen's planet or whatever, or whatever the universe, like the colors like reflect her emotion or whatever, which is really cool. Yeah, it was like uh, I think the term's hyperdiegetic or something like that. Something like that. Yeah, I don't it's know. usually re in reference to to soundtrack, but I feel like it works for for videos yeah. in that case. <laughs> but yeah, it was it was is this that's great as well. And then with Spider Punk, you know, like they kept the two D, also like very saturated colors um and uh like with <laughs> mumbatton and the, the <laughs> indian spider-man like uh they went with like a a different style like oh what as well and it's just like it's just very cool how they just like it's beautiful to look at and i feel like people have said it a lot um just in social media and just around just like every shot in the movie could be like framed it's like it's yeah. just beautiful it's a beautiful movie all the way around voice actors give their all obviously they work well off each other and yeah. um yeah dude the animation you i mean especially the 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 scene where they're in the spider spider-man headquarters like come on 
That took him what, like, like yeah. two years? It took a, four years. Four years of man hours. Which, which is which insane. I'm going to be real with you. I, I I can hardly even believe that because yeah. seeing it, I would have expected more because that is – like, I don't know how many people had to work on that for how long. I remember seeing it in the trailer and being like, oh, my God. God, like we we take crap like that for granted. That is not is not easy to do. Cause like you have different spider people in different animation styles moving at different frame rates, different shading, different all of this thing, and they're all moving at once. So you had to have like so many people working together to, to do something like that. I agree with Jacob too. This is this is I think the perfect case of every frame of painting, every visual frame is purposeful it has a purpose in the movie it has meaning you know yeah so yeah exactly and um there was another thing i wanted to say yeah like lord and miller they find a way to like make these very complex premises and like have a simple relatable story story and like it's it's just like it's so impressive because like these this story like and this this idea of like spider-man you know uh multiple versions of spider-man like kind of just like a society of spider-men that like try to keep the universe in order and sort of and stuff like that it's like it's, it's absolutely ridiculous and i feel like you would lose somebody trying to explain that but like in a movie with a great plot like this like the fact that they were able to keep everybody's attention with a with a the premise so ridiculous it's just like it's impressive you gotta yeah. give them an extra pat and, on my back for that because i don't yeah. know any other directors that could do that and- even during like moments of expositions, there's still like an emotional through line in those yeah. moments. Yeah. Like when when uh, when Miguel is explaining that one thing that Ruben cut me off about earlier, uh, you know, when he's explaining that, there's still emotion happening in there. Yeah. Whereas in Quantum Mania, you have the plot literally stop so that Kang can draw a circle around himself and be like, "Divergence, yeah. isn't that cool? Oh, this is the third time you've heard this." <laughs> oh, I'm so sorry. Well, uh, but you know, like it, 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 it it's it's yep. story that serves the plot, or it's story that serves the emotion. There is yep. always a reason for things to be happening, uh, like on a character level. You know, yeah, yeah. They, they planned it out completely. You know what I mean? It's just like they didn't just plop the story in a multiversal like setting, right? <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. Like Uh, Doctor Strange (laughs) and all that stuff. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I feel like they didn't really plan that. And then Ant-Man, oh, Quantum Mania as well. Like they told they told the director or whatever, whoever was in production, like, oh yeah, it's gonna be a multiversal movie and all that. But like it just feels like they're plopped in, the story's plopped in there. You know what I mean? Like the the fact that it's the multiverse and stuff like that just seems like it it's the main part of the the and then like they, they can't get past that. Right, it's not moving yeah. in any direction. Like it's you're a, it's a no, it's like a novelty. They they make it out, yeah, and they're like, hey, like, guys, isn't this is cool? cool? We've never done this. We haven't done those which before. Is, which is it's really dumb. which is really dumb to me because I feel like a lot of people are like, isn't this just an intriguing new concept? As yeah, if so Rick and Morty hasn't been doing it like on the public stage for like God knows how many years, and even before them, we've had multiversal like multiversal ideas, and we've had time yeah. travel work in a way that 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 
supports like ideas of multiverse, like in Back to the Future or whatnot. And I was telling like, Ruben it's that not it's a foreign easier. concept. It's, it's not. yeah, it's easier to make those movies now because we have the effects, we have the technology to be able to make to, like fully realize to fully realize uh, yeah. uh, like a like a multiple universes and and then also make it into like a two hour film or something like that. Like that wasn't able to be done before. Well, most of us have the the technology, the ability to make a a multiversal movie and, and have it look good. That's what we call foreshadowing in the business. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's right. JQ is going to have a little freak out about a movie in a little bit. All right. All right it's not going to be a freak out. It's going to be pretty tired. I'm, I'm, I'm getting yeah, yeah. tired. <laughs> <laughs> I expended all my energy in the beginning on material that is even that wasn't even worth it. Episode. It wasn't even worth it. Yeah. Let's be honest. All right. You know, let's go into spoilers. So if you haven't seen this movie, 10 out of 10 for me as well. Go watch it. Jacob? It is great. Yeah, 10 out of 10. Easy. All right. Spoilers after the hand clap. All right. Beautiful. <laughs> All right. Um, I can't believe Dominic Toretto is a variant of Spider-Man and that his Canada Venice's Dodge Charger exploding. Was he in the exhaust pipe when it happened? No, he was not in the exhaust pipe when it happened, but Michelle Rodriguez was. I have to bring it back. It's a callback. Michelle Rodriguez was in the car, though. Okay, but speaking of Fast and Furious, um, it is astounding how well this movie did a cliffhanger ending, like way better. Yeah, yeah. When it it, it, it did a cliffhanger ending way better than when you're juxtaposing it to Fast Fast X, the Fast X, yeah, Yeah. like obviously. Yeah, this movie is is uh, just in in a game of juxtaposition, a, a horrendous opponent to have uh, because <laughs> everything around it just seems so much smaller or like so much more like inept to some extent. Uh, not completely, but you know what I mean. Like you, you can tell when people care and when people are just making something for the cha-ching. You know, that's that's what I mean. This movie is a good version of the Matrix Revolutions. Or what was that the second one? No, the second one was Reloaded. Reloaded, thank you. It's a good version of the Matrix Reloaded. So, like, the Matrix came out in the 90s and then they made two sequels back to back to make a trilogy. Here they did the same thing. Uh, but here, I feel like the way they tie in both what will happen and what, and what has happened, happened yeah. it really feels like a perfect middle chapter. Like they build up the character of the spot to be a, a worthwhile antagonist. I love how they took this obscure Spider-Man villain. So you as the audience are thinking, oh, this is a villain of the week as well. Like all these comic book movies recently, a bunch of them have had like the intro villain, uh, Hell the Flash, which we're going to talk about next, also had the little intro villain at the beginning of the Heroes Takedown. Yeah. And, and you, when you're watching this movie, you assume, oh, the spot's going to be this for miles. And then it'll get into the real plot where the real villain will be blah 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 maybe Miles, maybe miguel o'hara maybe someone else but no maybe the rhino maybe the don't rhino you, don't you wonder what animal you have inside of you oh my goodness <laughs> <laughs> uh maybe the rhino we need a good rhino in a, in a spider-man movie at some point hopefully we do get it uh but back to not, not this year buddy <laughs> not this year unfortunately we need, a, we need a good rhino and then also a very good bane you know, in a comic comic book app, you yeah. Give after. me give me Mexican Bane. I want Mexican Bane. That's a side note. Give me Mexican yeah. Bane. I want I want Bane to okay. to to no. to, no. to call somebody no. out. Oh uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, my lord! Uh, no, but back to the spot. Uh, no, what I really love is 
other people have pointed this out, but I'm going to echo the praise. That basically, he goes from an incompetent villain to like a super mastermind villain or super being able to control their abilities. And as other people have pointed out, usually only the hero goes on that journey of discovery. The villain usually already has a good grasp of their powers. That's uh, when you get That up is with really cool. That was really cool. I um, like also how he's relying. Like, it's not... he. Like he's a physical force, but the way that he gets there is is purely like cerebral. Like you can tell this dude was like a top scientist, like cause cause he like he just has like this 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 ability of reasoning of hypothesis of kind yeah. of like coming up with like different ways to approach a problem that like makes him formidable. It's not really the fact because he's like a, this lanky dude. He's yeah. not really physically like physically competent but the the scary thing is the dude's mind and the way that he can use it to make the physical that much scarier yep you know it's 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 yeah. like it's like it's like spider-man only that spider-man is a very much a physical presence uh but you know spider-man is definitely assisted by his intelligence that is a mainstay of the character for the, sure it's pretty pretty brilliant but um okay also Another big praise I have the, of the movie, but it's more of a personal level of praise. Uh, the Latino uh, representation in this movie got me, especially uh, his conversation with his mom. I'm glad the, that it wasn't stuff. the only one who was yeah, like, oh. he said, Dios le bendiga. And I yeah, was like, ah. Dios le bendiga. Yeah, they said that. And I was just like, oh my God. Ah. I'm I was like, like, why did that hurt? <laughs> I'm like, I felt seen. Like yeah. I, I, I know people will roll their eyes at that shit, but I it's true. It was a small thing, and I appreciate it that they were that faithful to the yeah. Latin culture, and they actually well, yeah. did their, their research there. Here's the thing. That's the type of representation I, I love. Stuff that isn't like, ha-ha, look at this. Look at this, like, arm waving or whatnot. Yeah. It's very subtle, very subtle, just kind of like, this is what it is, you know? I think that's something that like things like in the heights get get right or or you know like the, like the things anything that isn't oye primo is what i'm saying <laughs> yeah or that goddamn animated uh what is it cartoon network show that's coming out oye uh, primo that's what i was and that's the one you're talking about yeah. oh my god not a single person and then I, one of the a... voice actors is uh actors uh like responded at everyone's vitriol and they basically said uh whatever uh you guys were forced to talk spanish by conquistadors anyway we were forced or whatever it doesn't matter it's a show for kids blah 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 i'm paraphrasing but it was some yeah. stupid shit like that oh my goodness this is the uh oh yeah primo's like the equivalent of walking up to a group of hispanics and calling them latinx and expecting to be accepted <laughs> <laughs> I was like, like oh, saying, how, how would be my fellow Latinx or something like, bro, can you just call me a slur at that point? Like, I'm, <laughs> I'm goddamn. <laughs> I'd rather. <laughs> oh boy. Okay. Um, let's see. What else can we talk about with this movie? I mean, um, if we're going on that Hispanic representation, shout out to Miguel O'Hara as well. Yep. They, and this one, they leave. Oscar Isaac is so goddamn good. Yeah. Yeah, he is. My God, yeah, the voice cast, like Jacob mentioned, is phenomenal on this. Like Haley Steinfeld is the standout for me, at least among the cast. But Oscar yeah. Isaac is also just giving it his all, and like I, I think, I, I feel like villains are really easy to accidentally ham up. You know, 
or like people with like these extreme kind of like moralistic like escapades i should say like just a gray antagonist you know like because that's way more complicated because he's not really a villain in the traditional sense he's just like an antagonistic force yeah he's he's like he is well-meaning and like everything that he does comes from like a place of pain it's not like he hasn't seen universes collapse before he's been responsible for a universe collapse and he knows how that feels and he doesn't want anyone else to carry that burden as well um it's kind of like just two different moralities god i cannot talk today two different moralities jacob we haven't gotten (laughs) to that point yet but like i'm saying it's like a clash between like the utilitarianism and then the like consciousism kind of like to bring in like philosophical terms Hmm. You know I mean? Jacob, Jacob, put the put the pipe down, man. No, no, no. Why, Jacob, why, Jacob, 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 expand on that point. Yeah, no, on. no, but I, I would just like to say, Jacob, as soon as he started saying that, slowly reached down and put on a Sherlock Holmes cap and started blowing on a bubble pipe. So I, I'm just... Oh, because, like, <laughs> I mean, obviously, like, they... I don't know if, like, this is this is where they got it from, but yeah, it's yeah. kind of, like, almost... What, I forget what it's called, but it's, like, dabbling into, like, multiple disciplines, right? Yeah. So, like, this idea where, like... Okay, you know people are dynamic, and they're the they can clash with different ideologies that have good intentions, or like the overall is a good intention, and so there's there's obviously multiple ways to live life. Right? Yeah, right, yeah. And so like utilitarianism is a, is a, is a quick rundown. Obviously, I I think the I'm gonna respect the audience's intelligence. All right, I want I want <laughs> I want to respect it. <laughs> that is but the last just, thing you want to do. <laughs> But it's it's basically like greater good, right? Yeah. Doing everything for the greater good, even if yeah. the action, the immediate action that you do is something viewed from like brown, it's it's frowned upon. Right. Yeah. You know what I mean? And then conscientism is like the idea of like, oh yeah, I could I could possibly do something bad, but the intention is good. And as long as the intention is good, and as long as I keep that idea where like universally it's good. You know, like if everybody, if every person can do it, and if they were to do it, it would make the world a better place. I'm gonna do it, right? So you're saying Miguel's Kantism? Con- no, Miguel's utilitarianism, utilitarianism, <laughs> and uh, I would say like Miles is more of that Kantism because he doesn't necessarily know if it's if it's um if it's gonna do good. Like to save his father because he could end up destroying the universe. But his intention is good because yes. he's trying to save a life. Exactly. Right? But Miguel's trying just to like get the best outcome for everyone, which Greater would be good. keeping the universe secure, keeping each universe secure. Yeah. Yeah. No, I I I like it. I like, and we should keep having these little philosophical musings, Jay. Yeah. Whenever you have, whenever you have them on the pod, <laughs> I enjoyed we've that. We've all had moments. Good. We've all had moments. Yeah. No, but yeah, um, I really love that. Jacob has a point there. What did you, were you saying? Kantism or Kant? As in Kantism, I think he's talking about like. No, I think it's or Kantism. Is it Kantism? It might be. You're talking about Immanuel Kant, right? Yeah. Yeah, Kantism, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah. I get Kantianism. Kantianism. Yeah. Uh, it's been a second since I've since I've yeah. read. I haven't taken Khan. philosophy in years, so I, yeah, okay. I, I remember Khan. I remember there was a there's a you categorical imperative. Aristotle, whatever makes <laughs> you happy. <laughs> there was uh, a there's a categorical imperative, which is basically like there we go. I will not forgot that term. Yeah, yeah. it's like doing something right. Yeah, like if I were to like throw a straw, for example, on the ground, right, and I'd be like, oh, somebody else could pick that up, right? Like I don't have to pick this up. There's a worker. 
And but it's the idea that if everyone around you, like at a restaurant, were to do the exact same thing, would you think that's okay? Well, yeah, but that gets back to, that gets back to Miguel's point, right? Isn't yeah. it? Like if everyone like broke their canon events, yeah, that guess, would collapse the multiverse. Right? I guess he kind of works in both perspectives, like he has both worlds of thoughts. I think, like, that's, I, like, yeah, I think the thing is that it, he's approaching it, both of them are approaching it from this very complex kind yeah. of like system of morality. There's this idea very of like, system. if we have the chance to save someone, should we? Um, even though, you know, the driving point, one of the driving points of the first movie is you can't save everyone. Yep. Like, that, that, that is like, that is one of the driving points. That is one of the most like memorable moments of the movie that's yeah. one of the, the biggest heart like heart wrenching moments is when and they know, play that line in the third act so the audience yeah. remembers it as well so, yeah because so Spy- I, I, and they had spider ham say it which yeah. i think was a stroke of genius in the first movie having the most comical <laughs> character uh say that line and without elaborating on what the hell he went through, my, so you're just my, like imagining what the hell happened to this little the pig. funniest thing to me is the, is a tweet that's like, "What the hell was this man's canon event?" And someone said he lost Hen Stacy. Oh, <laughs> so bad. No, but okay, back to this debate. What I love about it is how not only is it morally complex and like you can see both perspectives because that requires great writing. To actually pull that off, yeah. where you're not just despising one of the characters, or you you could have like a character you agree with more, but you don't you're not despising the characters, or you're not seeing the conflict as absolutely useless or forced upon uh, the audience. Uh, Batman versus Superman. Um, you know, mm-hmm. or, or a, if there a was com- even a one percent chance, we gotta take it as an absolute certainty. <laughs> like it's it's a it's not a paper thin argument. Basically, it's not like something you feel like if they sat down and talked about it for five minutes, they could resolve it. It's not that type of shit. Yeah, because I hate yeah. that shit in movies. I hate that shit. And Batman versus Superman is the example that always comes to mind. There, yeah, uh, Superman literally approaches to do like Bruce. We need to talk. Yeah, we do. It is starts. <laughs> And then Superman <laughs> just gives up eventually. It's like, I'll beat him up. Whatever. Yeah, and we're, we're like a simple one-minute conversation resolved it. Here, there's a philosophical disagreement. Miguel is not moving off from where he is. Miles is not moving off from where he is, yep. which makes for great conflict. Because as well as that conflict being clear to the audience and not being surface level, you clearly can tell that each side has their points. Obviously, most of the audience is going to agree with Miles walking out of the movie because yeah. everyone likes Miles more, been with Miles more, seen his dad. But when you think about it and sit down, Miguel kind of has a point as well. He like, he's, why risk billions of lives across multiple universes for one person? It doesn't make mathematical yeah. sense. You know? it's, like, it's, it's, uh, it's like what uh, Dr. Strange of Earth 1999-99 said, you know, in the great <laughs> calculus of, of the, the multiverse, multiverse, their sacrifice means more than their lives do. Which yeah. is actually interesting because then Tom Holland Spider-Man goes against that and proves that he could save those lives. Which yeah, but is the why question, I think the, Tom Holland Spider-Man is going to be involved in this third movie somehow. Yeah, but the question is, what happens to those variants when they once they get sent back? Yeah, they don't really. Don't is that a that. break of canon? You know, 
Like yeah. that could be another interesting thing to look into. That that's the I think that's another thing I'd really like to point out here. If I can put on my intellectual hat in the same way that Jacob did moments yeah, ago, go ahead. even though we will be don't forget losing the pipe. Don't forget the pipe. Yeah, I'm okay. bringing up the pipe. We're losing our target audience, by the way. We need to make more fart jokes. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, but uh, uh, well, first of all, and uh, second of all, intertextuality <laughs> is a. <laughs> Intertextuality is something that I love in in storytelling, whether it is written, whether it's visual, whether it's audio, like whatever. I think that writing and storytelling is our way of entering into communication with the past, with things that have gone by, uh, with with people who can't speak for themselves anymore. In the same way, if like if you reference things like. Shakespeare, for example, you're entering in conversation with a dude that died like 400 years ago, you know, and maybe yeah. it's one sided to some extent, but he also had something to say, you know, oh, uh, I, I, keep, I see where you're going with this. Yeah, but I uh, just that idea of like connectivity is something that a lot of times can be taken and uh, like in, in modern superhero movies and this idea of intertextuality is often used for cameos for for like um like fan pleasers or whatnot and i'm not saying that there isn't a few moments of that in this movie i was gonna say yeah also by using this you're able to investigate things like the nature of spider-man the idea of being a hero like you're 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 like i said you're entering in conversation with every past iteration of spider-man and looking for the commonalities and that's what's Brilliant. so powerful about it. That's what's so powerful about this movie. And I love, I love it too because I feel like it really, it's kind of like a jab at Spider-Man writers, especially nowadays, where it's just constantly Peter has to be suffering. Like this man can never get a happy ending. He's either killing his wife because of radioactive semen, or he's becoming a zombie, or he's like. I, I, the, the, by the way, both of those are actual storylines. I'm I not did even like look that up. Okay. Look Later. that up. The reason <laughs> that Mary Jane dies in one of the in a run of Spider-Man is that Peter is radioactive. So whenever okay. they good, engage good, 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 in good. the act of coitus. Okay. <laughs> anyway, the point being, why does Spider-Man always have to suffer? You know? Why does no. it why is like why is it that constant like loss is part of this? Like because sacrifice is part of being a good person, sacrifice is part of being a hero, but how far is too far? And what like if you have the power to stop something from being worse, even if it could ruin a lot of other things, would you not try to follow that gut feeling? I don't know. If it, yeah. No, like Lord and Miller always do so brilliantly, like the Jump Street movies, the first one's a commentary on effing adapting uh, 80s properties. The second yeah. one's a commentary on sequels. The Lego movie, which they also did, is a commentary on uh, childhood, commercialism, corporations as well. Uh, yep. They've always like delved into these themes. What I love about this, and as you pointed out, it is not just a Miles Morales story. It's not just, oh, cool, Miles Morales is interacting with all these various variants. It is a deconstruction of Spider-Man as a character. Uh, yeah. Like, do the sacrifices Spider-Man makes make him Spider-Man? Can he still be Spider-Man if those sacrifices don't take place? Which is why I think the character of uh, Spider-Man India Peter provoke the I can't even provoke a part I don't want to butcher. Yeah, uh, Peter Parker. 
Yeah. Do Pinder. Yeah, I can replace it. Yeah. Um, but, um, it was great. It was no, he's great. Uh, no, but like, no, but will he still be able to become a Spider-Man like everyone else? And I wonder if they'll delve into that in the next movie. He didn't lose like the captain like he was supposed to. Does that do something to him? Does Is he different from the other Spider-Men, women, people? <laughs> um, it, does that make him different? Is the sacrifice, is the spider, is the sacrifice necessary? Uh, what if you knew about the sacrifices it takes to be Spider-Man? Would you still choose to be Spider-Man and all that comes with it? That kind of stuff. Yeah. As Jonathan said, is suffering inherent to the character? And then also, I love that Ruben brought up the word choice because this movie deals with determinism and like and like fate in in ways that like like I I loved yeah. this movie for that because I, and again. I'm sorry that I keep plugging the shit that I write that isn't even published yet, mind you. But if that's the time, it probably won't be published for a couple years because oh, he's it still working be. on it. He's it's, working it on won't it. be. That first book is coming along really well, but it's taking forever. But I love delving into these ideas of fate and destiny and how, like, whether or not you have like your free will is enough to control like what you become or like what happens. Did you have any agency at all? Yeah. Um, like questions like that are just so interesting because <laughs> it, 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 it engages then furthermore in, in in ideas of existentialism and things like nihilism where it's like okay well life is meaningless and there's no point to it and i can't change anything and i'm just gonna die at the end so why even try and, and it's then gonna, yeah. that with Camuism, which is more like yeah life is absurd and we have little control over things but what we do have control over we have to fight to take control of you know and what if something's not your destiny like does that make like life worse or like what does that make does that take away meaning if something wasn't meant to happen to you which is why it blew my mind uh when they made that reveal which should have been so obvious or like since the spider came into the dimension and bit miles that's what caused his peter parker to die and for him to be spider-man so he wasn't even fated to be Spider-Man. In fact, maybe the version from Earth-42 was the person that was meant to be Spider-Man. Yeah. Um, which yeah. is absolutely wild. In a whole other layer where you're talking about, I don't know, like fate. Fate didn't have this in the cards for you. It was thrust upon you. Does that take away the inherent meaning of your life or where your life was yeah. supposed to go? I, I or do you just embrace it and you just go with the flow and screw destiny and all that jazz. Yeah, because like it, it, it ends up being a question again, like I said, about every past iteration. Because again and again, we've seen the same beats hit in every Spider-Man iteration. And it's like, hey, like, are these necessary? Do these need to be here? If we take this away, it's still Spider-Man. That kind of thing, amazing. But anyway, we should probably move on from the yeah. philosophy of the whole thing and hit a few other points before yeah. moving on. Jacob, do you have nothing to add? Or... I have nothing to add. Okay, Jacob, uh, what else do you want to talk about? I'll let, let you have the floor. Let me? Yeah, you. Yeah. You have a Spider-Verse? Okay, one of you guys talk about Hobie instead of just chanting Hobie. Hobie, no, <laughs> Jonathan seems like he has something to say. Okay, go for it, Jonathan. <laughs> My name is Hobie Brown. 
lot of model. I was a really one-way model. I had the AM, I had the PM. <laughs> <I'm sorry. laughs> I really like Daniel Kalula. All right, I'm sorry. Yeah. Um, every variant in this movie is really good. All right, I love all of them. Uh, I just, I, uh, there's just something about Hobie, you know? I just really like that character because he goes in directions that you do not expect him to go in. You yep. think that this man's being brought in for like a run-of-the-mill love triangle and he ends up being more of like a big brother figure, which is hilarious uh, to, to call him big brother considering that he's anti-fascist. But yeah. now that's a real <laughs> D-slap. Ah, come on, guys. Highbrow jokes from JQ. Play the jingle. There's no jingle. Um, but <laughs> I think every bear, every main Baron has moments to shine. Even Hobie has moments where, he, like, he shows that as against label and against the norms as he is, there's still like the strong desire to do good and to give everyone a chance to do good. There's this idea that the there should we should be the masters of our own fate, and there shouldn't be things controlling it and inevitably there will always be things controlling it but you should always rage against the machine you know i like that that, <laughs> that, that kind of idea that he brings in uh but yeah i mean i mean for the, for the rest of the spider people are also great let's be real gwen knocks it out of the park we talked about spider-man india a bit phenomenal character peter b and may parker oh oh <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Uh, but but yeah, I don't know if you guys have anything to say about some of those variants about Hobie about the boys. Hobie for me, I mean, the biggest aspect besides Daniel Kaluuya's voice, which is absolutely amazing in this, and all the slang he uses. What I also loved was the animation, which I cannot figure out for the life of me how the hell they did. And I even saw like a tweet from an animator explaining it. And I still did not understand what they did. <laughs> Basically different frame rates and shit where it looks like, I don't know. He's like a cutout from a magazine or living in the magazine world. I am telling you, if they go to Obi Brown's world and beyond the Spider-Verse for even two minutes, some crazy. CPU will crash at Sony Animation <laughs> headquarters. <laughs> I don't know if they're going to do that. Um, I hear that they were talking about it, which is like, dude, slow your roll a bit. I feel like it's kind of a similar uh, animation technique that we see in like those sketchbook credit scenes at the end of some movies, like Spider-Man Homecoming or whatnot, where you have like this kind of like faux, uh, this faux sketchbook kind of idea, Uh, and they just took that and they pumped it up to to (laughs) twenty-seven. <laughs> because because it's that, but it's it's like overlapped and layered, and there's like changing colors and changing backgrounds. Like it, it's awesome. It's 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 not it's inconceivable. It's, it really is. I mean, clearly someone conceived it, but like, what the hell? Legitimately, yeah. yeah. Jacob, what do you have to add? Uh, I, I guess in general, anything about the movie you want to talk about before we wrap up and move on to the next topic? God, um, what can I say? I mean, there's one thing I guess I could kind of say. Um, I mean, it just seems, yeah, yeah, they really grow, they really add upon the characters that they already like introduced in the first movie. Yeah. Like, I gotta say, like, that was like beautifully done, obviously, with Gwen and with uh, Peter B. Parker and stuff like that. But like, also, like, they did a great job of just like, adding characters that seem like they've always been there in the first like in the first place oh yeah you know yeah I mean? like that's that's what i'm saying like that's all i have to say is just like they did, they did a great job of like introducing new characters and making it feel like oh yeah it was like it's natural 
because naturally it's a good yeah. expansion of the a world good expansion yeah. of the world um and perfect direction for all the characters they already introduced so i think like that's great job great writing you know yeah, this is almost like a perfect definition of a sequel. This is up there with things like, you know, like John Wick 2, Shrek 2, Dark Knight. You take an established world and you expand upon it in ways that just blow the mind. And, yep. and, and like, I mean, like some of the connections of the first movie that you, you can go back to the first movie and be like, holy shit, like how much of this did they have planned out? Like Ruben brought up the glitching spider uh when 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 yeah. uh, when miles goes back to check on it there's that scene that everyone's talking about online where spider-man with the spider-man meet in that universe and yeah, miles Chris, spidey Chris sends, Parker, yeah. yeah miles spidey sense switches from prowler colors to spider-man colors there are like just a lot of these just moments that really just add up into this movie and it, it, it's just it, it's it's a triumph really uh, yeah. I feel like the 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 only last thing I want to say, and just just to kind of because when we start talking about Flash, uh, I would I want to juxtapose this is that the cameos in this movie are great. They're almost all they almost all have an emotional punch. Some of them are a, a little extra. I will say. Wow, like the, I really cried when Venom's. Uh, that's that's the one I was about to mention. <laughs> I like things like spectacular Spider-Man showing up and talking cool. and like throwing a line in there. Like this is just Sonic Spider-Man was cool. Like all of these little Donald Glover as as probably like there were some fan service cameos, but like none of them detracted from the movie or took too much away from the pace. And some there of them was, even yeah. added even added emotion. Things like the live action clips from the other movies. And they're like moments where you can like point and be like, oh, I remember seeing that 20 years ago. Uh, <laughs> but uh, but but yeah, like everything is just really working well together here. So again, easy to one of the easiest ten out of tens I've given. Um, yeah. Jacob, any final thoughts? It's a ten out of ten. It's a movie. Okay. It's ten out of ten. The other comparison I've heard people make uh, for the, everyone who's been saying it's incomplete, everyone's calling this. Uh, well, not everyone. Some people have called this the two towers. Of the spider-verse trilogy and if that's true and in beyond our return of the king we are in for possibly one of the greatest films ever made i am no doubt my expectations are too high but i am really expecting something that good. Oh, I, i've i have trained myself to keep low expectations and even then i am disappointed Perfect transition, perfect segue. Paul Blart gets on his little segue. We're right into the mall. Ruben, what are we talking about now? Well, next time we will be talking about The Flash. Uh, this was another episode that was too long, cut in half. You all know the drill. Uh, the Flash review portion of our podcast will be uploaded in a few days. Until then, see you later. See you later.